Welcome back to the My Entertainment World podcast. Today we have a special interview episode for you um, featuring my chat with Ross Petty, who is a international icon of the stage um, and known by many as the great husband of Karen Kane, the greatest ballerina of all time. Um, and he is the producer and for a long time, the star of the uh, sort of reigning holiday tradition um, in Canadian theater, which is the Ross Petty pantomime. Um, it has been on stage at first the Royal Alex, then the Elgin theater for generations now, decades and decades I grew up going to see the pantomime. It was one of my formative holiday experiences, or sorry, formative theater experiences, although also formative holiday experiences. Um, we went every year, uh, and we will be going again this year for what is the final Ross Petty pantomime. Uh, seven years ago, Ross retired from his role as the villain. Uh, every year he would play the villain in um, all of these twisted fairy tale uh, musical extravaganzas. Uh, and seven years ago, he hung up his villain hat um, and he is returning for one final performance as Captain Hook um, in uh, Peter's final, Peter Pan's final flight, um, which will be playing at the Elgin Theater. And you can get your tickets at rosspetty.com. All of the details are, Ross is going to tell you all about it in the interview you're about to hear. Um, so I hope you enjoy, uh, if only just like to listen to Ross Petty speak, because he's got really one of the iconic voices of all time. Um, so I hope you enjoy our interview. So I was thinking of, because I was one of those kids who went to the Panto when I was really little and have gone every year uh. into adulthood. Um, so I wanted to maybe do a little bit of an overview of the history of the tradition. Yeah. Um, can you talk us a little bit through the origin story of your Toronto Panto? Yes. Well, we, um, my wife is Karen Kane from the National Ballet. And uh, I still have to introduce that fact because even though we've been married 39 years, <laughs> there are still some folks who don't know that connection that we have. Um, and when Karen and I were married, there was a lot of publicity about the wedding. And uh, there was a British producer named Paul Elliott who did a lot of work with the Mervishes at the Royal Alexander Theatre. And he uh, said, you know what? Um, you people would be really fantastic in one of these English pantomimes that I would like to bring to Canada. And uh, that was the origin of how Karen and I first were cast, the, the token Canadians in uh, an all-British production at the Royal Alexander Theatre of a show called Dick Whittington and His Cat. I mean, who ever heard of that title? So, um, and uh, for several years, uh, we would come back, Karen and I, again with a full British company, sets and costumes from England, and um, we had a great time. And then one day I said to Paul Elliott, the year was 1986, I remember it well, and I said, Paul, you know what? We can do these shows uh, here in Canada. We don't have to bring your sets and your costumes and your props and your musicians and everybody else over from England. We can make this 100% Canadian production. And uh, that's what we've done. That's how the origin of the shows was. Uh, we played for several years at the Royal Alex. And then in 1996, we um, introduced the show to the Elgin Theatre, uh, where we've been to this day. And were you always the villain, or did you evolve into that role? Uh, 
I actually, uh, I think in our Cinderella production, uh, I was young enough at that time to play the prince opposite Karen as Cinderella. So yeah, I did have, I think, one year as the good guy <laughs> before I became the bad guy or the bad girl, because, you know, I also played the bad girl on a couple of uh, uh, occasions. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind playing. I just, I, I don't mind, you know, as long as I'm evil, that's the most important thing to me. Well, then that was my next question is you are this show's signature villain and being a panto, the audience is encouraged to boo and heckle you. How does hearing the hate help to fuel the performance? Well, I know that there's only a lot of love behind the hate. (laughs) And uh, you know that I retired from being on stage in 2015 as Captain Hook at that time, seven years ago. And uh, so I am back. I've come out of retirement to be in this final production. I said, I can't do my last show and not be on stage. And so I have uh, opened the door for Captain Hook to return once again. And the booze will be a welcome, welcome uh, uh, introduction to my returning to the stage. So over the years, certain performers, in addition to yourself, became synonymous with the panto, like Dan Shamroy and Eddie Glenn. Can you tell us a little bit about working with them and developing that sort of company of recurring players? Yeah, it's a pretty fantastic uh, company of recurring players. It's um, and, and those two that you mentioned, of course, are at the pinnacle of those uh, returning players. Um, Danny Shamroy, uh, who's uh, your your viewers will probably realize, of course, that he's a major star at Stratford. Uh, he was just starring this year uh, in Chicago at Stratford. Uh, and he was also best known, I think, as Frank and Furter at uh, their production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was their biggest, longest hit ever at the Stratford Festival. So Dan created a character named Plumbum in 2008 in our production of Cinderella. Um, Plumbum was one of my ugly uh, stepdaughters, and uh, Adam Brazier was the other ugly stepdaughter. Shouldn't say ugly, they were just mean-spirited as I was. Um, So uh, yes, because I was their mom. Um, And um, Plumbum has become really an iconic character in our shows, and uh, she's come back on several occasions. Uh, I think this is actually her ninth return, Dam Chamoy's Plumbum. So, I mean, the, the man just eats the scenery uh, or the, the, the woman he has created or the uncertain uh, person that he has created. Um, that it's just extraordinary to see him in rehearsals in particular because the, he never says the same thing twice. And he has the, uh, the rest of the cast in stitches constantly. And he does the same thing on stage. Eddie Glenn... I think this is his 20th year of our 25 live years at the Elgin. He also is of that same ilk that he, you know, he'll never say the same thing twice either. And he's such a cherubic, charming, uh, leprechaunish uh, kind of character in real life and on stage in particular. So those two boys uh, really handle the cementing of the comedy in these shows. And um, I'm, I'm glad to be actually um, paired up again with Sarah Jean Hosey, not again, but for the first time, 
because she has replaced me as the evil person um, for about five years now. And so I'm going to tell you a little secret. The little secret is um, I have a wife. Captain Hook has a wife, and her name is Helga Hook. And she is in the persona of Sarah Jean Hosey. So the two of us are going to team up together as the Hooks. <laughs> um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Canto always has a kid-friendly audience interaction component. Um, do you have any particularly special memories that came from that? Oh, well, not any special memories because, you know, every every audience is just, you know, wanted to, they, they know what's required of them. I mean, a Toronto audience knows exactly what is required of them. And those kids in that audience know that as soon as the bad guy or the bad uh, person walks out on stage, uh, they have to tear the place apart and they have to, you know, scream and yell and shout. And I, I've often said to audiences and people who say to me, you know, I was a kid when I first was uh, brought to the shows with my parents, and now I'm bringing my kids to see your shows. And I said, well, please don't take them to the nutcracker with what they've learned from my shows, because they will be thrown out. So, yeah, I mean, there are no particular memories. It's just that every, every time we get in front of an audience, it's always crazed. It's uh, raucous. It's just an amazing feeling to hear that energy flowing back and forth between the audience and the actors. Um, and similarly, the guest stars and famous names that you've had in the cast were always a highlight. Do you have any memories there um, or anyone who particularly stood out as uh, someone you were thrilled to work with? Oh, of course. And, and of course, that uh, would begin with uh, Ernie Coombs, Mr. Dress Up. Ernie did three of my shows um, very early on at the Elgin Theater. Uh, and I remember calling him and saying to him, Ernie, uh, this is Ross Petty. You don't know me, but I produce these family musicals at the Elgin Theater. And he said, Ross Petty? He said, oh my God, I took him, my grandkids to see your show last year. And he, I said, boy, I sure wish I could do a show like that. And I said, Ernie, you have made my heart go flip-flop. <laughs> and that was the beginning of uh, our three-year relationship with Ernie in my productions. And I tell you, I miss him to this day because he, he died very early. He was only about 70 or 71. And uh, we would have loved to have had him at a much longer uh, run in our shows. Um, somebody else that was a really interesting character in our productions was uh, Brett the Hitman Hart as the genie in Aladdin. And I remember meeting Brett uh, at Toronto's Royal York Hotel because he was in town from where he lived in Calgary at the time. And uh, I, I wasn't sure what to, you know, say to this man who was, you know, known for tossing people around a ring and be getting beat up himself and, you know, king of the wrestling world. And he told me in our conversation that day something that was very, Touching. He said, you know, Ross, uh, I've been a commodity, a piece of meat in the wrestling world for a low these many years. And you're talking to me about coming and doing the genie in Aladdin in a kid's family musical. And I, he said to me, Ross, that would give me the most great pleasure in the world to do that. So, you know, 
he was a wonderful guy. And um, it was actually a really brilliant show, that production of Aladdin in 2004. And it caught the eye of Live Nation, who are the biggest concert promoters in the world, I think, and certainly in North America. And Live Nation said to me, Ross, we loved your production of Aladdin, and we want to take you all across Canada. Uh, and they did so in 2006. And uh, it was great. We were in seven cities uh, with Bret Hart and uh, Aladdin. Um, and the story, like Aladdin, is always a twisted fairy tale. What have been some of your favorite unexpected twists and mashups you guys have thrown at the audience over the years? Oh, my God. Well, there have been so many of them. Um, we um, we did our, you know, we, we like to always bring into uh, account in our stories uh, Canadianisms. Uh, and when we did The Little Mermaid, um, I think it was in 2013. Uh, the Little Mermaid starred Shalina Kennedy, by the way. And Shalina Kennedy was um, a wonderful Canadian actress who has gone on to great acclaim in New York. Uh, she starred as uh, Carol King in the Broadway musical Beautiful. And then she's just recently starred in another uh, musical on Broadway called Paradise Square. Um, but what I remember about that production of uh, Little Mermaid is that we began having the Little Mermaid living in Toronto Harbor. And she was really uh, unhappy about it because it was full of junk and crap and it was polluted. And she wanted to escape and find a better life. So she was always trying to get to Niagara Falls, as I recall. Um, but, you know, we're, we're always very interested in bringing those kinds of elements to our story, even though these are fractured fairy tales. Um, we want to make sure that the kids in the audience know that, for instance, um, this is not necessarily a plot point, but uh, Cinderella, whenever we do a Cinderella, we want to make sure that the kids know that she is a valid, strong woman. And she's not just uh, in the in it to win the prince's love. So um, in one of our productions of Cinderella, uh, she was an environmentalist, actually. And uh, there, there was a blight on the pumpkin patch. <laughs> and she was trying to find the solution as to how to make the pumpkins healthy again. And somehow she got the prince to help her out in that. And by the way, they fell in love anyway. So. Those are the kinds of things that we love to do with our shows. They're not just, you know, laugh, laugh, rock, rock. And uh, we want to give the kids a little message. It may be, you know, something that they don't resonate with immediately, but I think they'll remember it as, as the years go on. So one thing that's always stood out to me about your productions is that you, you're a good star spotter. You can always sort of like, you have your finger on the pulse of who's the next up and coming great musical theater performers in the country. And mm. they're often, they often show up in the panto. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that casting process and how you keep your eye on the whole landscape like that. Well, as you know, it's a very small uh, world of showbiz that we have here in Canada. Um, so, um, it's not that difficult to see who the people with talent are. And most often in, you know, productions that Mervish has or, uh, Stratford or the Shaw Festival. Um, 
So it, it's, you know, we, we always want to make sure that uh, they know what they're getting into. Uh, and we always find that uh, people like, uh, well, I mentioned Shalina Kennedy earlier. Uh, Jake Epstein comes to mind. Jake was, I think, best known for um, Degrassi. So we certainly saw him on Degrassi and said, there's a good looking young man and uh, I'm sure uh, he can sing, can't he? And he could. And Jake has gone on to star again, uh, like Shalina. He was the originating uh, character in uh, the Carol King musical on Broadway, Beautiful. He was her husband. Uh, he went on to play Spider-Man on Broadway as well. Um, so it's, uh, it's a really, oh, listen, there was somebody who just did two of our shows, and she is a huge, huge star on the ABC TV special or series, uh, um, The Rookie. Her name is Melissa O'Neill. She was my Snow White, and uh, she was also my beauty in Beauty and the Beast. She has a gorgeous singing voice, and uh, she's a huge American TV star now on The Rookie. And I keep saying, to her whenever I catch up with her, I said, you got to tell those writers on that show to give you something to sing. So when you're chasing the bad guys, <laughs> you got to show them your chops. And um, that might happen. I hope it does. You've also been really creative about incorporating the practical reality of producing into the show through your sponsorship inter interstitials. Uh, yes. Can you talk a little bit about what it takes to actually make the show happen every year and the challenge of producing commercial theater in Toronto? Yeah, it's a challenge. It has been a challenge for Loli's many years. Uh, and I must say, it's never gotten easier. In spite of the success that we have had, in spite of the great reviews we've had from not just the audiences, but from the media, um, there have been a lot of companies that have come on side, corporations that do support us, but not as many as one would expect, <clears throat> because we offer so many elements of support to uh, a Canadian company other than you know, putting their logo on a poster. And what we do and have done for several years, <clears throat> excuse me, is that we take our actors in costume to a sponsor's place of business and we write a script, which the sponsor approves of. And sometimes the sponsor's CEO appears in this 30 second spot and we shoot the thing and it's so much humor in it. And, you know, that's not hidden away in some far corner of the Elgin Theatre lobby to only be seen at intermission. That commercial video is on stage during our show. We actually stop the show and say, Peter Pan, we'll be right back after we're from our sponsor. The curtain comes down, the full stage opens up, and we play the sponsor's commercial. And whether it's CIBC, whether it's BMO, whether it's Lowe's, you name it, um, and the audience goes crazy. They think it's one of the best things that we ever created. <laughs> and they think it's so hilarious and entertaining. So that, to me, was a turning point in helping get sponsors to come and support us. When they said, oh, my God, Ross, you actually put our commercial on that stage in front of 1,500 people on five weeks of a run. I said, yes, we do. Where do we sign? So anyway, it, it was a great, really wonderful 
unique, innovative way to integrate our sponsors and to make sure that our shows continued. Um, so as you mentioned, you did retire and you're returning to the stage for the final performance. Um, in addition to the twist around the hooks, um, what else are you really looking forward to as you move into Peter's final flight? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, personally being back on stage and hearing the booze again. Um, because, you know, it's been seven long years without hearing the booze. I mean, I hear them when I sit in the audience. <laughs> but they're not for me. <laughs> but this time they will be for me and for Helga. <laughs> so um, uh, I look forward to just a really fantastic show. I mean, we're, we're in the final couple of weeks of rehearsal before we get into the theater. And uh, from what I've seen so far, it's going to be probably one of the best shows we've ever done. So. Um, and finally, where can we get tickets? How long is the show running? Give us all the details. Sure. We open on December the 2nd and run through January the 7th. And I think the best way to get tickets is to go to my website, which is rosspetty.com. Um, and uh, you'll be able to get whatever you need to do. If some people actually want to go to the Elga Theater. Um, they've cut back on their hours of having people uh, man the box office. But if you go to the Elgin Theater when the show is on, the box office is open, I think, a couple of hours beforehand, and you don't have to pay a service charge if you go directly to the box office. So that's a, an interesting little thing to note. Okay. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much for doing this. It was my pleasure. And uh, I'm so glad that you started watching our shows uh, as a young person, and here you are now talking about them. And you know what? I, th I, I think everybody's going to have a great time. Everybody says to me, we're going to be so sad to see your last show. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be really sad to see it too. But it was of its time. It will. We have six TV specials that are out there still uh, that we've shot over the years. And uh, it's been a good run, and I've had a great time. So thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Have a great opening, and good luck with the run. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Ross. So that's it for my conversation with Ross Petty. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, catch us on social media at my end world, my ENT world on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and at my entertainment world on YouTube. And of course, the website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find all of our interviews and articles and reviews and everything that's going up there. We have new content multiple times a week. So be sure to tune in there. And of course, subscribe, rate and review on the podcast feed. That's all I have to tell you. Um, happy holidays and go check out the Panto. Uh, stay well.